I don't really want to see a video. I'm worried it might be a penis. It's not a penis. It's a job. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on this web-based thing before. I'm a little bit worried about this. So is it is it a full part to have my cam on? Should I, should I be... Let's, uh, we don't normally have our cams on because normally we're kind of sat half naked. I'm, 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 saying, I, so it's fine. I'm just going to assume yeah. that you're wearing pants. And then... Uh, it defined pants. Uh, British pants, yes. American <laughs> pants, no. So... I'm not wearing trousers. However, what I am wearing is quite revealing. <laughs> I, I still don't know what that means, and I'm afraid to look it up. So... Oh, British pants, just underwear. Oh. Yeah. Why not call it underwear? Uh, because they're pants. And pants that you think of as pants are trousers. Yeah, and you don't uh, wear a suit. You don't wear a, a suit jacket and pants. That's silly. Yeah, I am so out of water. <laughs> a suit jacket. You wear, a, you wear a suit with some nicely pressed trousers. You don't call it a pants press, do you? It just doesn't rhyme. It's a trouser press. <laughs> trouser press. Cool. <laughs> you don't say, "Would you like me to measure the inside seam for this lovely pair of pants?" You say, "Would you like me to measure the inside seam?" For that's that's the thing, though, Peel. They do say that. They do say that they in do. America. It's a whole other world. Yeah, but that's silly. Why, why would you want someone to measure you for pants? <laughs> if someone tries to measure me for pants, I'm going to be, be like querying that a little bit. I'm meant to be in my pants when I'm getting measured for trousers. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll put you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Ready for the clap? Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. Thank you, Bill. That was, this is episode 38, I think. I haven't checked again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once again, uh, incompetence from the off, which is what we like. I'm Dave Bamford. I'm your king of, castle, king of the castle. And in theory, today I shall be your voice of reason. But in the left corner, in the red corner, we have my... Well, he's been promoted from Tanner. He's now the man who puts the chlorine in the moat so he can go swimming. We have Thomas Peel. <laughs> I like the fact that we can go swimming now in the moat, bearing in mind that I can't swim, and I'm pretty sure you can't either. I can swim. Um, <laughs> I can't ride a bike. That'll be where right, you're getting okay. confused, yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah. I'm getting confused. Or, or I can't ride a bike competently. <laughs> I could ride it down to Dave's. It'd take me about 15 minutes. <laughs> Okay, and, and, on the, and on my right, in the other corner, blue, we have uh, Johnny Wright. Say hello, Johnny. Uh, hello, Johnny. Fantastic. Uh, today, we have some more spoilers. We're absolutely swimming in them. This week, we have Martel spoilers, which is fantastic. They're from the upcoming box. No, upcoming chapter pack. Um, so we'll talk about them in a bit. And after that, we shall talk about Martel in general, because Johnny's been playing quite a bit of Martel to some success in the last couple of months. So hopefully he will drag uh, me 
kicking and screaming into the 21st century and teach us how to play Martel in second edition while Peel is his opposition and moans and cries um, <laughs> and fears what is to come. Uh, so, yes. Johnny, before we get started, do you want to give us uh, a bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, um, I mean, it depends how you define success with Martel. Uh, I did uh, take Team Martel to second place at Thrones War uh, in San Diego here. And very narrowly uh, missed out on the first place finish uh, to Targaryen. Um, uh, before that, I played for... First edition, uh, I uh, built a very bad deck uh, for Worlds uh, this last year that uh, we worked on over and over until it was a very good deck uh, that um, I believe you wrote a song about. <laughs> well, we, we, we mentioned it in the final, uh, the final refrain. <laughs> I think I got a stanza. <laughs> it, was, it was the climax, certainly. It was, oh yeah. Do, do you want to tell uh, those who didn't hear that what, what that wonderful deck was and just how well you did with it? Because it was a pretty uh, fantastic yeah. showing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so it was uh, Lannister, Aloof and Apart, Wheels with a Wheel, uh, which is where we get the awe from in the deck title. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was... Uh, somewhat of a joke deck I built actually um, on the on the first day of testing Ryan and I were going to do um, while I was eating dinner that day I, I kind of put together a uh, you know just for fun deck for the warm up mm-hmm. uh, before we got uh, really testing um, and yeah so we we played the first the first game with an octagon and the deck was really good or it seemed like it was really good it just clicked so so quickly way more than i than i thought it would um and so uh instead of going on to other decks that night we just tested that that one deck uh over the next like month and a half or so (laughs) i spent way too much time in it and and got rid of the bad cards uh and put in good cards with uh, the help of everyone else in southern california and we did well with it. Uh, it, uh, it was five of the top 16 at Worlds. And I think we had two more in like the top 20. Um, and then Ryan and I both finished, uh, Ryan finished third overall and I finished fourth. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a brag or anything. Um, but I, I do think like at, at that last Worlds tournament, at least it was, it did not win, but it was definitely uh, one of the most consistent top decks there. Oh yeah, it was. It just wrecked face left, right, and center. It was insane. Um, I didn't obviously. I didn't see your game because I was watching uh, Jakob and Ryan. But Ryan only lost that because of he played two cards in the wrong order, <laughs> which was heartbreaking. It was. I get. Uh, I, I feel for Ryan there. I, yeah. I think I get. Text messages or Facebook messages from about once a week still. <laughs> I mean, I uh, was, you know, I just met Ryan, so I was still on Team Jakob, which, you know, yeah. of Team Europe, but uh, it still, it hurt to watch that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, for those who don't uh, know... I do, I, doc, sorry? 
No, go for it. I was going to say, for those who don't know, Wheels Within Wheels is the Lannister event, which allows you to uh, kneel a Lannister character to reveal a new plot. So you could use it to um, to flip Valor halfway through challenges or whatever, or use the city plots to control your opponent's board, or uh, as you were doing, getting them down to three cards before first turn marshalling, uh, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, man, so beautiful. I'm, I'm going to be sad that that deck doesn't exist anymore for a long time. But it it was, there were parts that were borderline, like, stupid broken in it, too, though. Um, there's a, uh, <coughs> uh, one of the players on my Martell team this year uh, named Sean was a, uh, like, L- uh, TCG player mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, um, and we were talking about... Uh, like TCG cards when we were preparing for Thrones War. And, uh, one, one of the first things, uh, Sean said was, uh, just reminiscing about broken cards. And he brought up Wheels and Wheels in the context of, and they can never do anything that stupid again, just to print this again. <laughs> and and, and Jeff, Jeff and I just, just started laughing. And said, uh, let me tell you a story about, about this card and how I always, always, have a special place in my heart now. <laughs> I yeah, it was one of those. Why on earth have they re- reprinted this? Surely, surely not. <laughs> and it was it was restricted within about three weeks before any major tournaments had ha- been happened. Right. right. Um, I took Waffles right. deck to a game night and literally just added three copies of Wheels Within Wheels to make it like 110 cards or something silly like that. And uh, it just it was just so brilliant. <laughs> I didn't alter the deck at all. It was it just ran better with wheels. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was grim. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so that that's you, I guess. Is there anything else or? Uh, no, uh, I mean, is that, that I mean, we can't sum you up in just thirty seconds. Like, you know, you're a complex <laughs> character, full of uh, you know, multifaceted. But <laughs> as far as your throne's career is, would you like to add anything else? Oh uh, no, I, I mean, I do well in Thrones War. That's that's pretty much all I. I'm done. So. And the Octagon tournament. Uh, yeah, I guess I had a, a third place finish last last Octagon tournament um, with uh, Turn and Burn, my my other favorite deck now. Oh, that that's less exciting. I thought it was Martel. No, sorry, I uh, scrubbed out when I played Martel this last one. <laughs> okay, well you can leave, and Peel and I will carry on this episode by ourselves. Um, Everyone will be happy. <laughs> okay, Peel, what have you been up to this week? This week, I have been watching Peterborough Phantoms get knocked out of the uh, English ice hockey playoffs. Are they the playoffs you were talking about? Yeah, the ice hockey playoffs. Oh, yeah, I, I assumed it was like American ice hockey, um, which is no, no, why no, no, I was no, confused no, no. that you were watching it so early in the day. No, English. English, uh, well, uh, for the for the lower league, the one just above the English uh, ice hockey league, there's one below, and that's where the Peterborough Phantoms play. Um, yeah which are a uh, ice hockey team from the UK that I follow. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they got knocked out? They did, yeah, in the first round. They got knocked out by the... I know Milton Keynes Lightning got beat by them as well. They had the C on their chest. I think they were. I've completely forgotten the bloody name now, it comes to it. Um, Cardiff. with me. Carnarfon. It wasn't Cardiff. Yeah, that's that's a town in northern Wales. There's a castle there, Carnarfon Castle. Um, I'm just naming places beginning with C. Corby. 
Uh, <laughs> it's got to be Canterbury, um, Chelmsford. <laughs> it's, have I got it yet? No. Oh, you can get, Chester. I do like this game though. Guess, guess, guess the town with C. Chester. Um, no. Chelmsford. Did I say Chelmsford? I did. Cheltenham. He did. Cheltenham. Uh, yeah. Well, if it's none of them, then I don't know where it is. Yeah, no one ever does really do that. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, Have you been up to anything else? No, not really. I've just been watching that. Just, just the ice hockey um, all week. Just well, it was all a weekend, pretty much. Um, it was the. Oh, they don't even have the name on their logo. I'm just looking at the logo now. I think it's more of hatred that I think because the same team went on to knock out the uh, the Phantoms. It was a uh, Guildford. Sure. So Give me the C. It was. It was the Guildford. <laughs> It is not a C. No, that is a G. Okay, sure. That is a G. Yes, that, <laughs> that is a G. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, the Peterborough Phantoms got knocked out in the first round of their playoffs, and uh, Milton Keynes Lightning got knocked out by the second in the second round in the final uh, to the Guildford Flames. The uh, Guildford. I knew it was somewhere that I'd mentally blocked. For some reason, I have a hatred for the place of Guildford, and I don't, I don't know why. Um, there must be a reason underlying somewhere deep there in my soul but I can't remember what it was at this point in time I think it's just generally you know when you just there's oh. somewhere and it's like yeah sod Guilford why yeah, why the hell not okay sure so. got it I'm sure that, that sounds like a yeah. rational thing it does doesn't it sounds like a perfectly rational thing to have some kind of negative feelings towards a certain part of the UK for no apparent clear reason okay that explains why everyone hates Wales I guess but well, loves no, the Welsh say that though I, I, you see, I love the Welsh. I, th- I love it when the Welsh ring me because even when they're, even when they're shouting at me, I still can't help but think, oh, they're, they're friendly people. Yeah. Um, you know. I think it's because they get so smug over the rugby. Well, yeah, but didn't didn't we uh, didn't we beat them? Am I correct? I heard that. that and on, go on, on and the... win that whole uh, Six Nations things. That pretty sure we won the Six Nations this year. I I heard yeah. on the grapevine that we are I... better at rugby now than we were. I almost a heard year that ago. we. Yeah, not only won the Six Nations, but we, we didn't get beaten throughout the entirety of the tournament. Am I, am I correct in thinking that? I have heard such rumours. Which would mean that, theoretically, Dave, and I'll just, just follow my train of thought here, that we would be better at the Welsh at rugby. That, that makes sense. That does make logical sense, doesn't it? So it's almost as if the one thing they actually had that they, they were good at, we've now taken away from them. Hmm... That seems traditional, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Taking like, what, things what from the it? Welsh. <laughs> yeah. what, what is that thing you love? Right, okay. okay we're going to take it from you. Why? <laughs> because we can. Because we've got a bigger population and less sheep. <laughs> oh, dear. Johnny, I don't know if you, if you know what rugby is, but it's like American football, but for men. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I played, played rugby in college, actually. Oh, did you? Pro- okay. Yeah. Did you play there we go. rugby actually, league, though, or I, rugby union? Now, because be careful here, because they're two very different things. And I do not know the difference. It, it would have been union. Uh, it definitely would have been. Did you um, have a scrum? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Then you played union. Yeah, okay. that's fine. And now, now you've mentioned this, I actually remember talking to you about it at Worlds, like snippets yeah. of <laughs> snippets of conversation. I spent a lot of time in that bar with you, just chatting shit. Like I can't remember it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Me either. I, I mean, the one thing I quickly remember is trying to convince a friend to buy a pizza with me, and and for some reason he did not want to buy a pizza. I don't I don't know why. No, I don't uh, And Dave Dave overheard this and just said, "Here, you you can have some of my pizza." And at that point, you were just such a 
like golden light in the room. To me. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be one yeah, of my clear memories. <laughs> what a highlight from Worlds, eh? Yeah. Oh, it was up there. It was a good pizza. It was good pizza. Yeah. Okay, so um, aside from reminiscing about pizza, what have you been up to this week, Johnny? Um. Well, uh, this last Sunday we had uh, a poker tournament with some Thrones players uh, here in San Diego, um, and so I did that. Um, and uh, played a couple of hands. Uh, ended up finishing the second game down a dollar uh, total in the poker game, and. Uh, the player who had taken that dollar from me um, over the course of the hours before uh, agreed to put it up to a uh, dollar bet throne game after the poker game had finished. <laughs> and so thank you, James, for my dollar back. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we uh, played throne the rest of that night. Um, and that is always a lot of fun. Um, and right now I'm getting ready. We're having having our first uh, Melee event this Thursday, so I'm deep into prepping Melee decks uh, oh, wow. for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what are you intending to play? Uh, either a Targ Crossing or a Targ Rose. I'm, I'm trying to decide. Uh, but I've got I've got a Joust version of the Targ Crossing that's just stupid fast. Uh, like, win, win on turn two fast. Really crazy. That is crazy. Um, yeah. Does it does it require uh, so, Drogo to be that fast, or is Drogo it a helps. bit? Yeah. Um, Danny does a lot of the same stuff. Um, it does require uh, the Silver Steed to be that fast. Ah, yes, that makes sense. You need one of them, uh, and then Tar Cross, and you have uh, Ricaro as well. Yeah. But um, it just goes. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'll be playing something like that on Thursday. Fantastic. It's good to hear someone's playing Melee. I haven't played it yet. I probably <laughs> won't play it until Starlek. No, <laughs> and even then, we're not going to play it with a smile on our faces. Also, for clarification for our English listeners, a dollar's like ten pence. Just for clarification. <laughs> Have you just looked that up? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's. I think that's like always been the exchange rate, hasn't it? It's it's something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like ten p. It's about the cost of a Freddo, but they're saying that like Freddo now costs about six pounds, so maybe that's not really a good comparison. Yeah, Freddo's uh, a terrible sense of inflation now. It's just you know they're just they're just jacking it up out of spite. Yeah, just to just to try and counteract the obesity crisis. <laughs> uh, oh, the sugar tax, bastards. Oh, mate, don't get me started on the sugar tax. They've started oh, a sugar God. tax, Johnny. It's coming in oh, a couple of years. God, on, I on, hate it. On fizzy drinks, based on their sugar content. Oh, it's... Fucking... Yeah. It's going to make me so sad. My monster's going to be so inappropriately priced. It's not even that. They're trying to make, They're trying to curb an issue of childhood obesity by putting a, a tax on something like that, when in reality we should just be... You know, um, basically telling the parents to let their kids out to play football because they're probably not going to be um, abducted. Um, you know, it's it, there's so many reasons for it, and I could genuinely go into a massive rant, but I am restraining myself right now, and you would be proud because if I get started on the English media, then I will not stop. <laughs> okay, well, we'll move on from the sugar tax and children letting uh, parents letting their children play football. Um, mm-hmm. This week, I played a little bit of Thrones. I had a couple of games a with a. Cool. 
Yeah, with, with Crocodile Hammers. He's been trying out a new Targaryen Kraken build. Uh, okay. Because, you know, we've seen Targ Lion and the synergy between Jamie and Drogo. And we thought, you know yeah. what, Asher's got that kind of synergy as well with the stealth and the extra challenges. So we'll do that, put all the stealth in, you know, newly made Lord for better location control, and just see what it's like. Um, it's definitely fun. Yeah, it's definitely not as good as Targ Lion, but we weren't expecting it to be, because <laughs> Targ Lion is awesome. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's, I think it's got mileage, I think it's solid, um, and it seemed fun to play. It seemed less point and click than Targ Lion. Um, it's I like a thinking man's version. I can imagine it being a little bit less kind of advanced, just simply because we haven't got to that point yet. In in obviously the the storyline of, uh, of of the Game of Thrones in general, uh, the the beastie kind of Greyjoys haven't yet been introduced uh, in in the books. Certainly, if they're following the lineage of the books, so I mean that that's probably why it's not going to be. But I can see that in the future being a, a tasty little piece of meat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, Asher is good. So Asher is very good. <laughs> that's that's the important thing to take away from that. Um, yep. And yeah, when you've got, you know, you're throwing multiple military challenges, you've got loads of stealth on the board, um, and if they do, you know, you can choose. You either stealth the big guys so you can guarantee to win the challenge, or you stealth the little guys and you think, well, are you going to drop this character in because I'm just going to burn the shit out of it. Um, or, yeah, which is nice. So it, yeah, it's I, like, I think it's got legs. Um, it's pretty solid. Uh, so I played against that a couple of times. I played a bit of um, my brother's Stark deck, which was all right. Stark fealty. Um, it's got some tricks which mean that Stark don't completely bore me at the moment. Uh, I like the new plot. I like the Kennel Master, um, and I like Bran, but. He built it with two Rose Roads and two two King's Roads, um, which I thought was an odd choice. And I sat with Littlefinger and Eddard in my hand for about six turns, just like, just can't afford these things. It's too expensive. Um, I can't afford sad. these things. Yeah. Like, seven cost non-loyal characters are difficult to afford, and there was always something better. And when it was the best thing in my hand, I only ever had one gold. You know, I was one gold short. But, damn it. Um... So, yeah, John run more economy, but Stark uh, shaping up to be a faction that's interesting, no matter how that pains me to say it. Um, yeah. It's, so, yeah. It's unfortunately, really, because every time a new card's announced for Stark, I always take a look at it and think, that's actually quite good. And I don't even want to say that. I want to, every time I say Stark uh, are looking semi decent, I want to kind of, you know, cut my tongue out. Um, but worryingly, Stark are actually becoming the most appealing house in the second edition. Me at current. It's a real shame, I think. They look like just the total, like, shut down all your fun house, too. Which, uh, as a Martell player, I'm quite afraid of. They're just not going to let me do any of my tricks. Yeah. yeah they're not gonna... You've just got to abuse Martell to out no fun them. However, we can do <laughs> However, Martell can do that now. I'm, we can think of some ways. Um, like Varys. <laughs> Okay, uh, right. So, with that, um, should we go into our spoilers? Right, in it? Yeah, okay. Johnny, uh, Peel doesn't have them in front of him, so you take the first one. Okay. Uh, and by first one, you mean the second one? And you want the first one as, like, the 
I, I, yeah. I want the one I want. Uh, I think I sent them to you okay. in the order that they're yeah, not in, in the pack. It. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, these are from whatever the next chapter pack is. Calm over Westeros? <laughs> yeah. We are so well researched this week. Yeah. yeah, these are from whatever's coming out next. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, no, some I'm... guy emailed them to us. <laughs> yeah, you know, we get these on a week... Yeah. You know, we get these on occasion, and you know they're exclusive spoilers. But you know, they're coming out soon. You'll see them in a month. Yeah, they'll they'll be out at the end yeah. of April, maybe. I don't know. Sometime. Who knows? Might even be sometime in May. Who who knows? Pack five. Go on, uh, read him. So our first one is the Knights of the Sun. It is a, a four cost character with a military and power icon, four strength, uh, army and knight. Uh, has no attachments except weapon, and while there are three or more plot cards in your use pile, Knights of the Sun gains renown. Yes. And and that I think does not have a single drawback on this card. Uh, it checks off basically everything I would want uh, from a card at this point. The yeah. Icon. Just the strength and the cost are like at perfect level for a first snow meta. Mm-hmm. Uh, army and knight traits are both very good. And no attachments and a renowned throwing is, um, just kind of the all around efficient, uh, non-neat card that Martel really has not had so far. Um, and would be very good. I'm looking forward to playing with it with, uh, first snow. Yeah, Peel, have you got any thoughts? I like them, I really do. I think they're nice little cards, and especially for Martel, which generally are kind of relatively slow-playing house. They like to spend the first couple of rounds just building up anyway. Uh, to have them kind of in your hand, and I'm not, then what, is it the third use plot? Uh, yeah, so turn four. So you'd have to have turn four, yeah. So on the fourth turn, you drop a kind of high goldy plot, plot yeah, and you've got them set in your hand. You could probably have a lovely little bit of board dominance yeah. uh, by round four quite easily with them turn four first snow with these guys yeah pretty nice whack them out bang the only reason I probably wouldn't do that is if I had the uh, the neutral the neutral knight card that gives plus one strength is it plus one strength uh, he, he gains plus one every, strength yeah for every knight character on the board uh, just, just so if you have another one. knight if you is it not for every knight or is no, it just if you have another if you have another knight he gains plus one in the power icon not quite as good, but still pretty damn useful to have them as well, especially an army and a knight. Yeah, I mean, Martel have plenty of low-cost knights. They've got um, uh, House Dame Knight, obviously, which is generic and bland, but it can hold Dawn, so it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely some synergy there if you want to go the rushier, the rushier path with Tawny for the hand. Um, yeah. No, Tawny for the king. I think, yeah, I think he's he's really good um he really plays into that long game plan um again it's not ideal that he loses his renown after a while because if the game goes really long he just ceases to be as useful but he's still at a cost and strength which is it is reasonable uh, to just play him as a vanilla body at this point and as you say with first snow he's got some pretty solid synergy there which i like yeah. uh, and that i, I do I think the four-cost slot is going to be more and more important, and to have a very good body with no drawbacks there is great for the house. Yeah, it's like the, the four-cost slot seems to be similar to you know the three slot in 
first edition where you're going to want a lot of your uh, you know general multi-use characters in that slot to do the brunt of the work yeah which is cool nice uh, and he's not loyal so you can splash him if you need a bit more renown which is alright you want to do that bear of hunting for some reason I don't I don't know <laughs> we'll get onto your thoughts on uh, on sun banners um <laughs> So, the other spoiler, should we, should we talk about him? I say him you because want to he's, got, he's, he's got sentience. Uh, I've, oh, I've got God. some first edition <laughs> copies uh, in my hand right now, uh, just stroking, enjoying them. Uh, <laughs> can, you, can you not talk about stroking things when you're talking about this? <laughs> uh, I'm aware of your love for this particular issue, and um, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, sure. Uh, well, this this card um, is one that has been partially spoiled for a while, but people weren't really sure what it did. Um, and the answer is it does everything you want it to do. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a reprint of first edition Red Vengeance, and it is Vengeance for Elia, a loyal two-cost Martel event with the text. Interrupt when claim is applied for a challenge in which you are the defending player. Choose an opponent. That player must satisfy the normal claim effect instead of you, as if he or she were the defending player. Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh it's it's so yeah. wonderful. Pay two gold to not have my guys murdered and murder you. Pay two gold to protect my hand. Pay two gold to protect my power. Pay two gold in a melee situation where <laughs> uh, somebody... You just go, right, attack me. I'll vengeance for Elia. And you don't even have to get past that guy, but you can still... You still murder his characters. What? What's not to love? It's it's going to be fun for everyone. That's what it is. Um, Red Vengeance was a brilliant card in first edition uh, that saw a lot of play in certain decks. That's generally the slower Martel decks um, because it was an influence event and you had to build a secondary resource curve. But this is now a gold event. Um. And it's it's fantastic. It can fit in every Martel deck I build forever until the end of time, until they uh, print three different copies of He Calls It Thinking by different names. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your shitey fucking no! I hate it. It's coming back again. I had to deal with it in the first game. Now I'm having to deal with it in this game, and it just keeps coming along and pissing me off every time. Uh, but no, it's a good card. Uh, it's going to cause a, a feed, I reckon, in a few weeks of OP Restricts, which is always fun to read, so... <laughs> if nothing else, it'll be entertaining. Um, they're starting to bring back some of the horrible stuff again about Martel. Uh, making Martel, again, a pain in my bloody ass. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is even better, I think, than the first edition card. Um, the first edition card was, was great, uh, but... I think the two gold costs is so much easier than influence. It's going to fit in so many places, and and so much of the game is about like an aggro tempo build right now. That being able to turn back an attack uh, against your opponent uh, is just such a big tempo hit in the turn. Uh, that I mean, something like in effect giving uh, you two military attacks in the same turn for just the two gold cost is really really good um, and I, I think you can make an argument now that uh, 
with this and his viper eyes coming out that uh, Martel has one of the top event packages, which means uh, they're going to be maybe the first house to run Shadowback Lane uh, at like top efficiency. Uh, I just in I, that um, I, I think that's definitely true. Uh, and yeah, I mean, when they <laughs> when they first spoiled it, you could see just the Vengeance title, I, I think, or in that the card band uh, from the I, I You could see, you know, interrupt when claim, and then that was you it. Could, so and, yeah, and that was it. And this is what we all thought it was, and it's it's so good to see that it, it's exactly what we thought it was, uh, except with the loyal part on on it, which is great because. Uh, maybe some people will have some interest in Bartell Main House now uh, for, for this. I think the loyal is incredibly important. Uh, without it, it would just be too prolific, I think. <laughs> and, I mean, there's enough sun banners running out there as it is, and Nymeria is a hassle to deal with. Giving them red oh, Vengeance for Elia as well would just be irritating, I think. It would help other houses <laughs> too much. Whereas Martell, which is seen as a bit of a weaker house giving this to, you know, help them out in any challenge is uh, is fantastic. Um, yeah. A couple of um, calls. Go on. Sure. I, I was going to mention a thing about the power challenges, but yeah. let's go you first. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I like that on a lo- if you're playing fealty and on a long plan turn, you okay. can uh, kneel your fealty and then get a gold for losing the challenge and then pay for Vengeance for Elia for free, essentially, which is cool. That, so you can go from beautiful. zero to Red Vengeance in uh, in less than 30 seconds, which is pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was just going to mention that, that four power challenges to make sure this is people haven't played with Red Vengeance, that um, it will not work to steal you power if you lose a power challenge, uh, because... In effect, the the player that is attacking you has to move a power from their house to their house to satisfy claim, and so it yeah. cannot just straight out steal you uh, a game that way, which is the only downside for the card. Yes, uh, but you can use it in melee to let them steal from someone else. Uh, if there's that. a leader, which is brilliant. You know, let I'll give you an unopposed power challenge. You can steal from them. Give me an unopposed power challenge in return, or whatever. Uh, fantastic great deal making card Um, yeah I think the way it's worded that uh, normal claim is applied uh, it wouldn't take into if you had calm over Westeros would it affect that so if if they had calm over Westeros and they said military um, and you reflected a military challenge you, you would still hit them with the claim because it's only reducing the the claim of the attacker, isn't it? it? When somebody attacks them, which obviously you're not doing. Does that make mm. sense? Did I explain that correctly? Yeah, I'd have to look up what Culver Westeros is exactly. <laughs> I have a bad habit of knowing what cards to do without actually reading them. Yeah. Um. So so if the if the say the Greyjoy player had come over Westeros and said military, attacked the Martell player and they used vengeance, um, Mm-hmm. They would still take the damage from the uh, from the the card, even though the claim had been reduced because they're not being attacked by the Martel player, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how does it work the other way around? If you attack me and I've used it to reduce my your military claim, 
and I try to mm-hmm. red vengeance. Do does the attacker kill one? Does he kill two? Does he kill none? Because it's just uh, a normal claim. Yeah. So it says Culver Westro says uh, until you reveal a new plot card, reduce the clean value on the attacking player's revealed plot card by one during challenges of that type in which you are the defending player. So I think you would send uh, a claim of zero back to them, or one if it's a two-claim plot. Well, it's so. Vengeance for Elliot makes it as if the attacking player were the defending player, uh, which I think would mean that you are no longer the defending player during a column over Westeros turn. Okay. So, I don't, I mean, don't quote me on that. Uh, it's probably irresponsible for me to say that <laughs> in a public format. <laughs> but. Uh, no, I can, I can see that. That makes sense. That, that's my initial impression, but, uh, I don't know, someone who reads things more closely should really chime in on that right away, uh, as I'm sure you will. Um, you know yeah. who you are, I think we all appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the other interaction, um, when we got claim replacement, like the ceased chair, mm-hmm. how about that? When claim is applied for an unopposed military challenge in which you are the attacking player, which you still are, mm-hmm. Um, kneel your faction card to choose a character without attachments controlled by the losing opponent, um, which they still are, even if they may not be the defending player. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you, if I read Vengeance something, you can still re-replace that with the Seastone Chair. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, so, it's... But then, if you pass on using the Seastone Chair in the hopes of drawing out a Red Vengeance if you're first player, then you know, the Martel player just passes, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, other points, I guess it's not limit once per challenge, so if it is cancelled, you can play another one. And it's not obviously not limit once per phase either, so you can protect multiple times against Drogo, which would just be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> he wins a winter turn and the tar player uh, wipes his own board <laughs> oh. that's the dream that is a dream that is a dream <laughs> um, so yeah anything else on uh, Vengeance for Elia or just uh, we're very excited especially me it is good to play it um <laughs> And other other houses have to be ready for it. So, um, it's, and you'll always always have that question in the back of your head now. Like, should should I afford? Like, can I afford to make this attack and eat the claim myself? It's just big. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be really careful because um, March to the Wall isn't uncommon in Martel decks, uh, especially if, especially if they're running um, Varys. So you've got to think right. I need to be able to eat a military challenge, eat my own military challenge, and survive a march to the wall. Have I got enough chance? And maybe a Gaston, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're just... Every single pack... I I, I love Martel. I played played them out the course, but I haven't played them much in the last few months, but every pack just brings me gradually back into the fold as, you know, this is where I need to be. Um, And it's just fantastic. Love it. There's so much room in the fold right now, Dave. You need to get in it. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Uh, I must admit, 
I'm looking forward to those uh, the Night Army cars coming out for Martel because they're going to fit very nicely in the deck I just built. <laughs> what did you build? Very nicely. I'm not, I just built a, a, a Knights deck. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell, um, what was it? Tyrell links to, uh, yeah, Tyrell Banner with the Sun. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to hate it, John, for that exact reason. I am. It, it, it's inefficient already, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get on to uh, why the banner is inefficient, but uh, are you just you're just bannering for all the nice knights that Martel has uh, and Nymeria? Sexy knights. <laughs> all the sexy knights, yeah, all the sexy knights in Nymeria. Yeah, Edric um, Dane at the moment. Lovely, Edric Dane. Um, Dane. My favourite interaction with uh, Martel and um, Rose is putting Dawn on Randall in a Stannis lock. Mm. So uh-huh. when Randall is knelt by Stannis and he's not standing in the standing phase, uh, as soon as you reveal a new plot, his strength is increased and you can stand him back up. Uh, I've never done it, but I just like the concept. Like It's one of those one in a million things because you'd never run enough Dawn to be able to pull it off consistently. So you'll never actually see the Dawn while the opponent has Stannis. Uh, but it's nice to know that you can. Um, it is. So... Yeah. Before we move on to, you know, Martel and the different builds, do we want to go through the other spoilers that were spoiled for Martel a couple of weeks ago? Um, there's a couple from the Wolves box, uh, and we'll cover them now in advance of um, any Didn't Wolves we go discussion. Through, the, through them. Did we? Hello? I think we I'm did. That. Sure we probably we did. did. Quentin I'm pretty sure we've gone through any spoilers that have come out we've gone through. Quentin and been... his Viper Eyes. Did we, did we go through those? Okay, well, we, we won't go through them. Pretty you may have not been on that week, because uh, I know they came out about three weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. I do remember going through any spoilers that are out. Okay, well, we'll ignore them, but they're fun as well. <laughs> they are fun. Okay. I mean, by all means, do a quick mention of them and just kind of do a quick kind of run-off, and obviously we've got the other spoilers and just list them off quickly, but obviously we, we I, I do believe, obviously they have been, I, I, we have covered them before. Okay. Well, as uh, Johnny said earlier, his Viper Eyes is a great, um, a great card, really plays into the lose-to-win theme. When you lose a military or power challenge as a defender, you can discard a card from the opponent's hand. You, you look at it and choose a card to discard from the opponent's hand, which is great. Um, and Quentin also works with that, um, in that when he's killed, you, you kill a character with lower strength than his, which is nice. Um, just a rather expensive but pretty solid character. Do you, do you have any thoughts to like add, Johnny, the, before um, we move on? Or? Uh, oh, go on, sorry. I like, I, like, I like the fact Ago is holding his bow. <laughs> is he? Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't yeah, expect... there's another night coming out. I wouldn't oh, expect yeah. anything less from uh, Ago. Ago without oh his bow God. is like... Um, Ricaro without his Arak. It's just it's just wrong. There is obviously the, the, the latest spoiler, one of the spoilers that's coming out, is House Florent Knight. Yeah. Now, now theoretically, just out of interest... Um, that would discard itself if it was the highest strength on the board. It would, it? yeah. <laughs> what a waste of five gold. <laughs> well, well, that would be a waste of five gold, yeah, but you just don't play it. <laughs> but you know that's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to play yeah. it and be like, yay, and they'll be like, no. Oh. <laughs> the amount of times I've played uh, one-strength characters on first snow turn, um, Threat from the North turns. <laughs> is that an iPod? Oh, no. <laughs> Off he goes. Straight to the discard pile. <laughs> Have you managed to um, murder bastard daughters with Blood of the Dragon yet, Johnny? Um, 
I honestly am playing less and less Bastard Daughters as we go along. Okay. So that that has not happened. Okay. No. I, uh, but it makes me want to play Targaryen Son just so I can play Blood of the Dragon and then drop three of them at once, right. murder them, and discard and, three cards. And I think you should just play Wildfire and don't protect them. I I should. You're right, but it's not the point. It's not. It's not funny, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Okay, um, so leading into our main topic of the day, Martell, aren't they wonderful? Uh, or in the case of Peel's thoughts, aren't they horrible? Um, why should you play Martell? Should you play the main house? Should you play them as a banner house? Or should you play them with a banner? And why? And uh, and then we're just going to go with that until we get bored and I have to do more work. So, uh, Johnny... You've been mm-hmm. an advocate online of not playing Martel as a banner house, but playing them as a main house. Will you cover your argument briefly for us? Or take as long sure. as you want, actually. I'm, I'm just going to say it with a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, well first, uh, first thing is, yeah, I did write an article about this uh, a couple weeks ago and got um, lots of people disagreeing with, with me. Um, uh, which was was always lots of fun uh, because I'm pretty sure they would when I wrote it. Um, because in in certain circumstances, I do think that like any any agenda, the banner of the sun can be a very good uh, banner. Um, I do think it's got a tendency right now to kind of be uh, almost the default uh, banner, uh, especially if you don't want to run the lion banner or. Uh, you're using Lannister's main house, that it's just kind of the, the tack on mm-hmm. to uh, round out your cost curve and, and get Nymeria. Um, so you can have that really cool two card combo with Tears of Leaf. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my main point is that uh, I think when you're putting uh, a Martell, any, any Martell card in your deck, if you're not being very careful with how you're constructing that deck, uh, particularly in the the plots, for the most part, um, that you are going to be adding some inefficiency, or at least you're not going to be getting the most out of those cards as you could if you were, uh, you know, planning how it all worked in together instead of beyond beyond just saying that Nymeria makes your release really good. Um, in in particular, I don't think that the Sun Banner adds much at all to your win condition uh, in that there are not particularly good power icon characters or renowned characters that you're adding to the banner. Um, primarily what you're getting are things like uh, a Bastard Daughter, which really are just a chud there to die. I'd, I'd rather have a chud that could win a challenge if it needed to. Um the, the caveat that being that, uh, you know, these icon removal attachments that we've gotten may, may be really good. I'm not fully sure on that. But, um, so if you're building to that banner in order to get those, like in a, in a banner sun, um, to get the condemned or, uh, whichever it is. Attainted. And, um, it's the power icon stripper. Uh, attainted is the intrigue. Uh, and condemned okay. is the power. Okay. Um, that that's an instance where it's giving you, if you're something where in a meta where event hate is really really strong, 
um, then going the negative attachment route uh, could be a very viable way to to zag as the rest of the meta is zigging and, and kind of get at it with something that people are not prepared for. Um, but I don't, I don't know if the attachments are that good yet. They they really might be. Um, I I think it's kind of up for debate which is going to win out for the event in second edition. Uh, for right now, it feels like as good as negative attachments are, um, events are just so much better. Uh, it, it's tough to take out event slots in your deck to put those attachments in. Um, was that was that enough for my general argument? I think that makes sense. Um, before we move on to Martell as a main house, I do really like uh, Sun as a banner for Baratheon. I played that briefly out of the yes. core set. Um, and I think the power icon control you get between Nymeria, a t- a Condemned, and uh, Abara, who's just a consistent... Even during a Stannis lock, she's a consistent you know, five-strength power icon, essentially. Um, is really, really good. Even if it's got really, really bad synergy with the Dominance tech. You just don't yeah. run the Dominance yeah. tech yeah. in that deck. But you might include right. one painted table... But I wouldn't bother. No, no. But I think I think though that most people will not think that way. Let's kind of put all the good cards in and then throw in the sun cards as well. Yeah. Uh, which which is the main the main problem I was trying to get at the article. Yeah. If you um, if you build it the right way, it can be a powerful banner. But don't right. just lob all the good cards in and hope for the best. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you can. Actually, you can do that. You can probably still win quite a bit, as, <laughs> as I had a number of people tell me. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, but as someone who's played like a lot of main house Martel, it it kind of hurts because I see cards being used in ways that they could be used better, and people are just not getting enough out of them. Um, so the, I mean, the, the real part of the real point of the article is you should. You know all these Martell cards you love in your your banner agenda, uh, your banner sun deck, um, are even better in a Martell main faction deck. So you should be playing Martell main faction, not not banner of the sun. <laughs> uh, that, that's the subtext behind that that whole thing, really. Well, I liked being a little special snowflake in first edition. No one really played Martell in the UK consistently, except you know myself, Caitlin, Reese. Uh, Mike uh-huh. Moriarty played a little, but that was basically it, and we didn't really, um, we didn't really, you know, I've I only met Caitlin once or twice in first edition, and I didn't see Mike very often. So, you know, for the entirety of the south of England, there were two Martel players essentially, um, mm-hmm. which was nice, you know. It's just, it's, you know, just I'm gonna be the best Martel. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, basically, I'm I'm. Me and I know Caitlin, uh, who I'm sad is not here, um, because I know she's had a lot of success with Marcel as well. But that's yeah, basically, and, and actually she's had more than I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> with a deck I've never played with the Marcel Crossing, but uh, yeah, it it is kind of fun to be the only uh, the only one doing it, and that's that's what Ryan Ryan Jones calls me um, a Thrones hipster sometimes, and I and I hate that. But there, but there is that kind of fun to being, you know, I'm, I'm doing Martel before, before school, so. 
Yeah, I've I've always been one. Oh, I've I've tried to stray away from the best deck in the meta as much mm-hmm. as possible in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Not always true, but you know, if I've played the best deck, I played Martel Hollow Hill for a long time. I played um, I played Quentin for a long time, but both were before they really, you know, everyone said, "Oh my God, these are the best decks." So I feel kind of a bit a bit happier about that. <laughs> Sure. Um, so yeah, I can definitely uh, uh, identify with that. Uh, I, I drink. I drink my. my I, I play my Martel off uh, wooden chopping boards, and I keep my power tokens in like a little miniature uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, chip fryer. I think Martel is cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, uh, hipsters. Yeah, that is that is one other thing I should note for the record too is that uh, at the time I started playing first edition, uh, Martel was kind of the reviled house mm. already and so i really did not play any martel in first edition it, uh there's just a handful of you know decks i even built uh, i don't know if i ever took it to a tournament um, but uh I've, I've definitely you know fallen hearts in my eyes uh, stars all around uh you know for martel in second edition <laughs> Nymeria has taken your heart, Icon. Aww. <laughs> she stole it? Yeah. <laughs> no, she didn't steal it. She took <laughs> it away and gained a separate one. <laughs> that is very important. <laughs> oh, dear. Rules, eh? <laughs> okay, so, um... You've disc- we've discussed why Martel... Banners are, if not bad, they are suboptimal in a lot of decks, and you should be careful when playing it. But why should people play Martel Main House? What is there that is so much better in the Main House that really warrants it? And don't just say Gaston Grey, <laughs> <laughs> even though that is uh-huh. the number one answer. <laughs> uh, they play so backwards from any other house, right? Now. Uh, or faction, I suppose. Um, and, and I'm of the opinion that if uh, all of the meta is doing a certain thing, um, if you can do a, a different thing, uh, or, or maybe an opposite thing, uh, you, um, you gain quite an advantage uh, over a lot of other decks that, that way. Uh, now, the, the tricky part about that is you have to learn how to do things backwards. Um, to make it work. Uh, but I think more than any other faction right now, Mar- Martel's that kind of just odd odd man out. Uh, even more than uh, than Night's Watch, which, which kind of likes to passively win games. Um, Martel just has this sort of... I don't know. I, at, at times, I really don't... like People ask me to explain uh, how the deck is winning. And I can't always <laughs> um, because it's it's just so weird. But um, yeah, they they because because they're so different, uh, and I think that does give you a real advantage, um, uh, assuming you can make it work. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, obviously there's 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 some decent lore cards in Martel. You've got um, you've got Gaston Gray. He he's very good, uh, and you've got the Green Blood Trader, which is obviously fantastic. Um, but the uh, the main characters 
aren't aren't as good as you know other houses six and seven costs. Um, That's so you've got to kind of overcome that. Now your um, preferred method is obviously bannering for extra good characters, yeah. but do you think there's much mileage in a a, a mono faction deck before we move on to which banners are good? Um, I mean, obviously, Caitlin's uh, had a bit of success with Crossing in the last couple of months. Right. Um, what what yeah, do you think to Mono Faction? It was before First Snow, yeah. Right. And it did run um, Hedge yeah. Knights and things. Uh-huh. Um, I do not think... there. I think there are very, very few factions right now that can run a Mono Faction house and, and have the kind of breadth of character depth and um, support that you need to have a, as rounded a deck as I like to play. Um, and I think Martel is maybe among the worst at that, uh, I, I think, uh, particularly um, at that like six and seven cost plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I tried to build a Martel PLT uh, when we were preparing for the Thrones War, and it just didn't work like I wanted to. Um, and I honestly have not tried Lord of the Crossing. Sure. Uh, because, no, I, I don't think uh, it, it's quite there yet. I built my version as a substitute for fealty, so that you could trigger um, trigger Doran's game slightly more consistently uh, if you make it the third challenge, and just add that little bit of extra power gain. Um, and when it worked, it was very, very strong. Um, but sometimes you just didn't get the breadth of icons to get the three challenges off, and then it really struggled. When you had to use the Viper yeah. in like a military challenge or a power challenge, because he's the only icon you had, that that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I liked it. It was it was fun. Um, so sure, I can see it. Yeah, but competitive wise, you're you're firmly behind the banner. Um, so, should we go through the houses and yeah. say what they offer for Martel, and then, yeah, should we do it that way? Sure, that that'd be fine. Uh, there's there's a lot of houses uh, I've just kind of crossed off already. Okay, sure. Uh, what <laughs> uh, houses but... are bad banners then? If we start there and move up. Sure. Well, and yeah, so I guess the two things to put in first, and that's real quick, is the background is that. Um, we did go through basically all these in our Thrones War preparation several months ago. So we kind of looked at each one, and so I've, I've at least looked at trying to build most of these at some point. Um, and uh, the second thing being that, uh, really, with like in in that amount of preparation uh, for Thrones War, uh, for the first several weeks, we probably lost seventy five percent some of the games we were playing with Martel main faction uh, against other houses that we were preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a learning curve, I think, um, because I think by the end we had several very good decks um, and did well in this in this tournament. Um, I just think it, it takes a lot to get to a point where you really have gotten a feel for how backwards things are. Um, so, okay. Uh, that said, um, the ones I would cross off uh, straight from the go, uh, I think would be in Night's Watch, Targ, and Stark. Okay, I can see Targ. I don't think they add very much to 
to Martel at all. Um, no. Stark. Bran's very good. Uh-huh. Uh, I would yeah. add Bran to every single deck if I could. Uh, are you, Sansa are good. Um, but the, the, are they just not enough? Is it opportunity cost or... Um, yeah, well, there's just... Yeah, there's not enough that they're giving you either control the board or the your win condition. Okay. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, and with first snow out, they don't have... Those characters just are not going to stay around. Sure. I, I think. Okay. Um, uh, so, nice. yeah, Night's nice Watch, because I'm a big fan of that deck, uh, although it has taken I, a beating I, I from probably, First Snow. Right. I probably spoke too quickly on that, because I'm sure there's a way to make the wall work somehow in the combination. Mm. Um, I just have no real interest. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'll cover it quickly then. I think Night's Watch are particularly good with the wall. Um, if you run it main faction... Uh-huh. Um, Night's Watch, you've got all the draw, you've got your Night's Watch characters to protect it, and then you use the icon control to just snipe the danger characters. Um, normally, assuming you have an even icon spread, the danger characters are Balon and stealth characters, right? Um, mm-hmm. Between Nymeria and Kaliot, you can, and the attachments, you can lock a lot of them down so that you can yeah. always. You can, you can either ensure that the challenge... If you're going to lose an unopposed challenge, you lose the one that you don't mind losing. You could potentially win the other challenges. Or you just can stop all those unopposed challenges dead. Um, and Martel Watch, or Watch Sun, is very good at that with the Archon Control. Now, playing out of Martel Main Faction... Oh, and obviously, a double use out of Ariane is brilliant, you know. Using her to defend and then bouncing in another defender, especially yeah. if it's Benjin, is uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, using Martel as a main house, you lose the draw, but you gain Gaston Grey. And that really, really, really turns the screws in the decision points your opponent has to make. It's like, I need to send attackers in, and I need to send big attackers in to get these unopposed challenges. But they're going to get Gastoned. And there's you can't just sit back and... Def- because, you know, I've played against Gaston decks, and I've left my Randall for defence. Uh, and I've used like the Knight of Flowers because he's slightly right. cheaper. Um, I'll just get one power challenge off with him, and if he gets gas, then I'll just play him again next turn. Fine, but I can't afford Randall with like three or four power on him. Um, you can't do that against Martel, Knight's Watch, because they don't make challenges. Um, and the and Gaston makes that so much more difficult. You can't win by renown, which is one of uh, Knight's Watch's real uh, enemies, renown and stealth. So. Uh, Martel kind of covers that that thing, but it it yeah that that's that's my reasoning behind it. Uh, that said, I played it at Worlds and didn't do that well, um, although other people have had success with it. So yeah, yeah, I think the one thing that Martel does kind of add in to me at least is that they have Martel tends to have a lot more freedom in its spot deck than me, I think, um, and so you can kind of cheat towards those high initiative spots a little bit more if you're using that. Uh, using more self action. Okay. Um, so, and that, I think that's an advantage for Waldeck because you want to go second in that and stay on top of black. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Heads on Spikes is brilliant in Martel because of uh, Gaston Grey. Uh, but it's also got, you know, just about enough golden initiative to play in a Night's Watch deck, which is good. Um, and Sneak Attack is also really good in that build. 
guarantee yourself going yeah, second you, and uh, you, winning that power challenge. The only challenge that matters 99% of the time in that deck. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I like that build, but I understand why, you know, you kind of ruled it out. It's not really... It's not... It's, it's a different conversation, really, isn't it? It is. It's not, not to my style. Yeah. Uh, so, but if it is for you, then good on it's, you. It's less, it's less that the defense is my style. It's more the make your opponent feel as uncomfortable as possible style that I like, which is what I like about the heavy reset decks I used to play. Um, right. You know, they're just, uh, you know, it's a, a feeling of inevitability. It's like reading Lovecraft, where, you know, the whole world is going to shit and there is fuck all you can do about it. Uh, that's the kind of thing I enjoy. <laughs> um, but yeah, proper Martel decks. We'll talk about that. The nice, friendly Martel decks that don't run the wall. We'll call them that. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk us through the other banners. Sure. Uh, so th- those are three of them. Uh, Kraken right now is probably in my fourth spot uh, in that it it has some interesting, uh, strong characters at a good price point, like the four and five level. Yeah. I've not really played around with it at all, though. Uh, but there's some pieces there that are the kind of things that I have to look for. Okay. Uh, in a deck, and so I could see that. I can't really speak to it much. Um, but I think, especially for snow, things like Asha gonna be really good. Um, and so tagging those on to a Mortal uh, deck could work. Okay. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if you have anything else about that. But it's another one that is, is outside my top three, but it's a possibility, I guess. Okay. Oh, doesn't matter. I, I was going to say we're only got, you know, we've got three, and then you got your fourth, and then you got three more. That only adds to seven. What's the last one? Yeah. Shit, there are eight houses. Oh yeah, it's sun. <laughs> <laughs> I I had that moment like five minutes ago. I was here. I have a on my well. Paper tablet here, writing out like what, what factor is this? It's more- <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. Uh, okay. I I can't see. Oh, there's a bit of an echo there, but I think it's gone. Um, oh yeah, I agree. I, there's not a massive amount of synergy in Kraken that I would care about that much. I don't think. Um, if you run some little birds, Asher could be nice. Uh, and it's it's a lot of power icons, which is one of the weaker icons in Martel. Um, right. That that would be the main thing. And Nuna Made Lord's always good, but and fishing net must be funny if you're running Doran's game, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, true. I, again, I think it's it's not worth the opportunity cost of not running one of the other banners. At right. This point. And the thing that's really really hard for me is that Martel pretty much always wants to be going second, and Greyjoy almost always wants to be going first, mm-hmm. and so it, it's hard for me to match those two things together. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, so we're entering the top three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is Peel still alive? Peel, are you still alive? No. He is gone. Good. <laughs> <laughs> He'll return at some point, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for everyone out there that I've just bored to silence as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's at least still in the chat. He, you know, he has the potential to come back. We'll see. 
yeah um so so uh number three for me is uh banner of the rose mm-hmm. um which is of course uh the deck that won worlds um and yeah i don't i don't know who you felt about that that war the five tournament uh at worlds this last year but uh to me it was such like an eye-opening moment for how deep this game was already um that when you know sam won with that the martel rose deck it, it just felt like literally anything was possible in this game now i i w- i felt that i was very confused the entire day um yeah i thought my plot deck is wrong my gold curve is wrong um, I don't really know what I'm doing. Dracaris is really good, and all of my losses, I can't do anything about it. That's the thing. Like, I lost a couple of games, but I think the only game that was close was my final game. Uh, my other losses, I either lost because of like a blowout Dracaris, um, where I was like, I have to defend this, or he's going to do X, and I'll lose, or I have, you know, or I'll get Dracaris, and he's clearly got it, but I'm going to have to defend anyway. Oh, there it is. Um, or because my Varus got killed. Um, I mean, running Varus in Martel Watch was kind of odd anyway, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what was happening, and it worked, surprisingly. Uh, probably because people weren't expecting it, but if he got, you know, if I got him off, I won, and if I didn't, I lost, and he kept getting murdered. And there's nothing I can do about it. And if I'd had a decent plot reset, I'd have been fine. But of course, it doesn't exist. So, uh, yeah, that was very eye-opening for me. Um, also, economy plots are good, I hear. So that was news to me. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... None of us... No, no one knew what we were doing. Then. No. Like, it, it, was, was, it, it was a really fun tournament because of that, I think. Like, I, I had so much fun that day. Yeah, you could definitely uh, see a lot of... Well, generally speaking, the Swedes notwithstanding, you could tell who had played 2nd Edition because a lot of people there had you know, picked up their cores at Gen Con and have been playing since then. And then uh, a lot of other people, a lot of 1st Edition veterans down the bottom of the table was just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what these cards yeah. do. And I've been playing 1st Edition for three days and it's all very confusing. Because um, I had probably yep. played, you know, 15 games before going to Worlds. And I've been playing uh, first edition all that time. Just, you know, right. only played a couple, about 15 uh, second deck games um, where mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So, yeah, no, yeah, eye-opening is definitely uh, one way to put it. <laughs> well, and then, and, but just how, how Sam's deck played, too, uh, with with just how it approached the game totally different than how everyone else approaching that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, was just it was wonderful to watch. It was just kind of beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure to watch him. I spent most of the top uh, top sixteen watching Sam brutalize one opponent after the other, uh, which is pretty satisfying. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but anyways, uh, so the Bear of the Rose deck, I think, is still functionally going to be that world deck. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, low low cost curve. Um, I, I, you know, focusing around power challenges and, and Varus to wipe the board. Um, I think it's a little bit hard, harder to pull that off nowadays, uh, especially the personnel out. I haven't tried it, uh, but I don't think you can run uh, left and right anymore in the deck, for example. And those cards are cards that I kind of hated, but 
I think served a very, very good purpose in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think you can't do it anymore with first Noah. Um, but I mean, to that end, I think you have to kind of build around first snow in that case and have, have another sort of built in reset with, uh, the three various, uh, you've got your running already. Uh, it does give you a good tool, I think, to kind of solve the game. You have your, um, you know, your final power stealing turn set up. Okay, sure. Um, do you think there's much, uh, much mileage in a more traditional Banner Rose deck where you just take the, the bigger characters, say Randy and the Night Flowers and Marge, and just to supplement your renown and your, your, your higher cost yeah. characters? Uh, I mean, Marge has some good synergy with, uh, with the Viper. Right, it, it would. Um, the economy is a little bit tough, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might, it could be a possibility, uh, especially Marge and the Viper together. Oh, very good. I mean, she's good with everyone. Yeah, she is. True. Um, it's, it's not the approach we took at Throne War, at least. It's my last, like, real in-depth working with it. Uh, we tried to get Randall in there just for that little bit of extra power push. And, and just other cards are more important in that deck. Um, so we, so we didn't, we ended up coming in. So, uh, um, what were the four decks you took to Thrones War? You should probably cover that. Uh, so we took, uh, we had one person playing Banner of the Rose. Uh, we had two people playing Banner of the Stag. Yeah. Um, and kind of two different variants on that. Uh, and I played Banner Lion. Sure. Okay. Well, um, and our, yeah, and so two of those are the banners we've got left, which are clearly your favorite two. Yes. They are. They are. Uh, especially nowadays. Okay. Do you want to cover one of those? Sure. So the, ne- the next one um, that I think took a step back, I would have put these two pretty much 1A, 1B beforehand. Uh, I think First Snow hits Banner of the Stag a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, who is my Martel teammate, was the first person uh, I saw playing this combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, he likes to call it the Dornish Brothel. Uh, he made me promise because it's, uh, cause it's uh, icon stripping and character kneeling. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think that's way too, uh, too, too off-color for me. <laughs> sure. but that's what Jeff likes. Uh, I call it Mars Bars. Uh, because that's what my phone auto-corrected it to when I was building. Uh, so not Martel Barra, not Mark Barra, Mar- Mars Bars. Uh, I like Mars Bars. I, I mean, I like Dornish <laughs> Brothels as well, but uh, I do like Mars Bars. Yeah, it, it kind of rolls off. Um, and and so this, I think, is the most closest thing we have to a first edition control deck. Uh, in, in 2.0 mm-hmm. so far. And that's, that's very appealing to me, uh, because control just really does not fly right yeah. now. Um, everything aggro tempo, rush renown sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the Nortel Vera, Nortel Stag deck has no renowned characters in it. Uh, and that is interesting, because it's really hard to win most of the time in the game right now without any renown. Um, but the, the combination of Gaston and, um, 
smell in Nymeria and, and uh, you know, spot control, uh, like confinement, uh, just makes it so, so hard. Like, you just are dominating, dictating, like, how the challenges phase goes every round with this deck. Um, and, and being able to put in, like, a chamber that paints a table or two uh, gives it um, a way to keep generating power as you go. Uh, and that's it's strong, um, and it's a lot of fun to play, uh, a lot of fun, uh, because it it does just have that that hint of uh, solid control that I haven't really been able to find in any other deck. Uh, even even flipping it the other way with like a um, Baratheon Sun. Uh, still, like, in spite of, like, all the other things you do in that deck, it's still, like, either a Bob or Stannis deck. Uh, you're building around those six and seven cost characters and, and getting the, the Lightbringer and letting those big characters kind of wreck house, and that's what wins you games, probably. Sure. Um, and that's just not how uh, Martell Stag plays. Okay, do you run uh, the Viper or Doran in this deck? Uh, most of the time I have one copy of each, uh, just as kind of alternate win conditions, basically. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I, they're not, they're not built around them, though. Um, it's just kind of, you know, a throw in just, I mean, the Viper just for seven strength is sometimes really nice in a deck that's running a bunch of five costs and lower characters. Just have a little bit of that, that beef around okay. Um, but they're not centerpieces, no. Um, what what is a centerpiece, I think, is Dorn's game. Um, this is the deck I use, Dorn's game. In. Okay. Um, and that that that's functionally your win condition, um, because between the the Neil and icon stripping and just generally good intrigue icon characters through that deck. Um, you're going to be able to push through that that intrigue challenge for five strength, and um, and it's good. It's good. It just straight wins you games. <laughs> uh, uh, and the, the thing I always say is that if it doesn't matter what else happened uh, in the game you're playing, if you get Dorn's game off two turns in a row, uh, like you won that game. Literally nothing else matters. Uh, but you're going to win it. Um, and, yeah, they're, uh, the other thing I like about it is uh, how good Dawn is in this deck, uh, which is kind of dumb to say. Uh, but uh, Dawn synergizes with Baratheon stuff so, so well. Yes, it does. Um, like, way, like, in kind of just stupid ways. But, um I mean, it makes your low-cost characters strong uh, as the game goes along. Uh, is actually an important thing <laughs> uh, as the game as the game goes along, which is always kind of funny. But uh, having that little bit of extra kneel um, and uh, and my my favorite favorite is gone on the fiery ballers, uh, which is just a better iron ground. Oh yeah, for sure. That's brilliant. Uh, 
You're pretty much guaranteed dominance at that point, aren't you? Pretty much. And it's a character in a body that will do something for you instead of just sitting there. Yeah, that's a pretty cool synergy. Oh. Mm-hmm. by far is probably my favourite location at the moment because it can wreck the hell out of you when you forget it's there. <laughs> just because every time, oh no, what strength have you got for dominance? And you're carrying their players and you're like, aha, you've only got one person. <laughs> and then obviously you'll make the challenges, kneel out all your guys, leave one guy standing and realise they've still got eight left over at the end of it all, making all your actions up until that point a little bit pointless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, not the so, first time. Not the last time. So you're like Barra and uh, Martel, so you can make mini Iron Thrones all over the place. Win yourself some dominance. I'm going to make mini Iron Thrones left, right, and center. I'm going to be putting up mini Iron Thrones in, you know, <laughs> in my front hall just to have my coat <laughs> Sure. That's what's going to be going okay. on around here. Um, you know, various things. Well, it's good to hear that you're back, Peel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I was, uh, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's all right. It was, it was a case of, well, this is live. Well, it's not live. It's obviously a recording, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really do much. I don't know why. Well, it could be worse. I could pretend I wasn't. Um, well, you know, but at the end of the day, I'd pop there. Okay. Did that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my diet uh, that anymore. No, no that <laughs> seems reasonable. Uh, so we'll move swiftly on to the final banner. Banner of the Lion. And Lion is the... Uh... Sorry? I was doing a little song for oh. Banner of the Lion. Like, Banner of the Lion. Kind of something like that. Like a little bit more of a nicer introduction. Than oh, that makes sense. Lion. Okay, I understand. Well, you know, sometimes you like to add a bit, sure, of a bit of flair. A bit of pizzazz. Okay, so the Banner of the Lion um, is good in, in all the decks. Tyrion's good. The Hound's good. Um, why is it so good in Martell? Aside from the fact that you can use Tyrion to pay for Vengeance Felia. Sure. Um, and so I, I think that Martell Lion uh, handles and uses First Snow better than any other combination sure. uh, for the first part. Uh, even better than uh, uh, Lannister Main House, I think. Uh, that, that's the big thing. Um, the second thing is just how, I mean, what Lannister offers, which is high quality, efficient, renowned, good characters at the top mm-hmm. end of the curve, uh, which is something that, uh, Martell has none of. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it just, and that's why, again, why Lannister is just so good in general. Um, uh, and Martell likes that too. Uh, so if you want to build a more traditional aggro deck, um, you can slot in, you know, Jamie and uh, Tyrion, and maybe a Mountain or two. Um, and you have like those, you have those characters that are totally absent in Martell right now. Sure. Um, and that's just a, you know, a very sort of traditional aggro build, basically. Um, I tend to like taking the Martell line in a more tempo focus, though. That's going to Still run a lot of varies. Um, still going to um, play around Sunsphere a lot more, uh, and uh, and this and that in that build with, with me at least, I end up wiping the opponent's board a couple times a game. Usually, the, the game goes through uh, just through a combination of flame increase and gas and gray and 
uh, a time when tears here or there. Uh, maybe at things I do for love every now and then. Um, sometimes I'll run too much to the wall in it. Uh, and it just uh, really kind of peppers your opponent with lots and lots of removal, uh, um, especially around the cheaper characters, which is how I like to play, uh, kind of pick out, pick off their smaller cost protective characters and just march the big Duke Island they've got left. Sure. Um, um, yeah, and so that's that's kind of like the tempo build. Um, it's going to be really focused on making just making sure you get more efficiency out of your low cost characters than they do out of their big cost characters, and win the game okay. that way. Um, Are you running? Sun- really Sorry, Sunspear's really good. Sunspear's yeah, really I bet good. it's brilliant with Jamie. Yeah. Uh, no. it's kind of <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so you just have to go. Have to go, to go second. Yeah. So I assume are you running heads on spikes in that deck? Typically, yes. Um, and that's as much an anti Lannister card as anything. Sure. You know. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah. Just pick off those towns. Yeah, and the double march is obviously good initiative. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, are you running Doran's game in that uh, deck? I do no. not. No, not in that one. Okay. Um, Doran's name. That that's one of the topics I was coming on to soon. Yeah, Doran's name. Yeah. Uh, I did not like it when it was printed. I'm not sure I like it now, but I have I had know. some some games with it, and it is better than I expected. And you're the one that kind of talked me round on it. So <laughs> if you want to try and talk everyone else round on it, um, <laughs> if they're not already convinced, justify your position in yeah. this argument. It's a card that just should not be good. That if you put it in your deck, uh, will win you game. That's a bold claim. Uh, and I and I. <laughs> right. I mean, economy is so important in the game right now, um, and it is non-limited economy, um, and that makes you. Huge, huge differences at some time. Even, even just one or two more gold uh, can really swing a board state around. Um, and uh, I mean, if you're running something like uh, Varus, like I like to, um, from turn three on, if you've got uh, Doran's name in your hand, uh, you can, you know, summon for Varus and marshal in that same turn with nothing else, uh, just, just based off that, um, and being able to play. Various quickly is really yeah. Good. I have <laughs> important. I've been very sad in the past where I've summoned for Varus and then not been able to play him. And you've got to keep him that extra turn, it's and tough. it is it's really frustrating because they know you've got him as well. So it's not like they're going to extend anymore. It gives them yeah. prepare and and figure out how they're going to deal with it. Yeah, um, and it's one. It really is one of those cards that. Uh, I just was kind of doing due diligence during testing for Throne Tour. Like, it, it came out right about that time. And so I figured I needed to at least try yeah. it. And I thought it was going to be awful, but hey, let's see. And, um, it, it like, will just do games at times. Um, being able to do, uh, you know, surprise events, uh, surprise, um, 
Ario Hotas out of nowhere in later rounds. Um, extra ambush stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, never mind like all the marshalling things that it, it adds as well. Um, okay. Which is good. Which is good. And, and especially if you can work Shadow Black Lane in, it just helps to get to that um, like the minimum number of in-house event cards to make it worthwhile. Okay, running. so you mentioned Shadow Black Lane a couple of times. How? How? What is your? Yeah, you know, yeah. what would you generally include in a Martel event package? Now, you know, assuming uh, the next pack is out and we've got Red Vengeance, Vengeance for Elia, um, because I know other people have spoken about not in, they, they've dropped uh, confinement, that kind of thing. Um, I still yeah. think confinement is good, yeah. but. I can see, you know, event slots are getting tighter and tighter. So, what would your event package generally look like? Right. Martel deck. I mean, it's going to vary, it's going to vary course, from yeah. deck to deck. Uh, I think, I think the standard going forward um, is going to be, for me at least, three visits for Elia, and most likely two Endorans names. Okay. Uh, and then pepper around what you'd like for there. Um, you're going to need three tiers at least, I think. As well, mm-hmm. and they're running out of space really quickly. <laughs> but um, his Viper Eyes is going to be really, really good um, because it makes Gaston Gray permanent removal uh, right away. Yep, which is pretty nice. So being able to, it's yeah. That's the one downside of Gaston Gray is that that character probably coming back. And or you can start to uh, um. remove things from their hand to follow up with heads on spikes, of course. And really turn the screw right. in with uh, Gaston Gray then. Yep, um, and that that you know going to be really really gross is in the Martel Stag deck that also runs Fiend and Flame. <laughs> um, and so I think uh, between those two cards and a various on the board. Like your opponent's just gonna be stuck. Like cards are not safe in their hand. Cards are not safe on the table. Uh, like they just they're gonna have problems keeping up. I think. Fantastic. That sounds that sounds um, exactly what I want. It's gonna be dumb. Um, and and uh, yeah, people will hate it. Uh, um, okay. Uh, well, right. we're talking about Endurance name. Uh, so prob- and lion. Uh, pro- probably a couple of Viper Eyes are going to be in most decks too, and that's that's seven in-house cards right away. That, that's enough for Shadow Black Lane. Um, if you want the Endorns or the Dorns gain as a uh, a closing condition, um, you can put one or two in, and being able to you know search for Dorns names and then play it on that, that same entry challenge is a really nice satisfying finish uh, to a game. Um, so I could keep putting a couple of those in. Um, but I, I think yeah, that, that, that's going to be my kind of generic package probably going forward. Okay, sure. Uh, so, well, that's banners, that's events. Uh, we want to talk about attachments briefly. Um, what do you think? <laughs> what, sorry? Banners! Sorry, again, I'm throwing... Sure, yeah, we've done banners. So, uh, (laughs) uh, attachments. Um, (laughs) We're assuming that Martell are going to get attachments for all three icons to control. Um, Which do you Mm -hmm. think is the best? Let's not go too much into detail, but 
If you're going to run one, which would you? Would you would you just not bother at this point? Or would you run them all? No, I think you have to bother. <laughs> if, if you're a really, really sick bastard, you might run all of them. And, and, uh, uh, but, no, I... Um, if, if the military one comes out, I will be somewhat unlikely to run that, I think. I think that's uh, it's going to be really good. I mean, it's just it's just good to strip a Patrick anyway. Uh, but generally, I don't care that much about military challenges in Martell. Um, assuming I'm not looking down like an ice or a, a potential fatigue sword or something sure. like that. Uh, but for the most part, uh, Martell does not care about his characters. And so if he still wants to, um, I'll be okay with it. Um, power power icons are just you know what gets you to a to a win ultimately. Yeah. Um, and so that I think long run that's going to be probably the best one. Um, I do like a painted though. Like how can you not? Uh, how can you not? Uh, especially for cards like Catelyn or or Cersei. Or, uh, things that can do real damage to you um, in the entry challenge. Uh, so taking away is very good. But, um, most most likely, uh, it'll be condemned. I, I think they're going to be the one that sticks through longest. Okay. What do you reckon, Peel? What What um, do you reckon is the best? The best of all three all attachments. All three attachments. Intrigue. The intrigue one. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. Oh. Um, mostly because I always find the icon that I'm generally lacking, the one I always forget about and the one that I always, always uh, completely forget is a valid challenge and can be used to do things. Um, <laughs> sure. Every, every time. I, I've, it's, it's always been the way. I've always built decks and then looked at them and gone, oh, there's no intrigue icons. Bollocks. Except the uh, reader. <laughs> and that's the one. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I always was missing, and that's for me why anything that adds an intrigue icon for me was always no, no, no. Uh, fundamentally, we're, we're, the we're talking the, the Martell attachments, the remove icons, which is the best. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> the intrigue icon then, because then you can take the <laughs> sure. <play>. Okay. <laughs> well, taking icons. Well, if you're against someone, that, well, intrigue's probably the most least common icon as far as <laughs> okay, I'm sure. So taking away an intrigue is going to fuck everyone in the ass. Adding an intrigue is going to be lovely. Everything to do with intrigue, mate. I'm all about the intrigue now, Dave. I've changed. I'm a changed yeah. man. <laughs> I've seen the error of my way. Fantastic. I love. I love taking cards. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so I'll believe it when I see it. Um... <laughs> all right. Finally, then. Oh, and my favourite is uh, the power one. I agree. Um... But go on. Sorry. Um, the last thing I want to can I mention something about yeah, 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 no uh, just um, one of the things I've noticed about Martel uh, is they have no draw in house. Uh, I mean, they've got Doran, but, but for me, I'm not using Doran most of the time. So they've got they've got no draw, um, and then that means I think that they need to uh, keep up in card advantage in a different yep. way. And I think part of how that I've started to think about certain cards in Martel, um, like Ariane, uh, for, for instance, 
is um, and these attachments fit in that as well because they're non-terminal. But in cards that return to your hand uh, are giving you a type of card advantage um, that is not super common in other in other houses. And so I I do I think of like Ariane as a card advantage card uh, because what she says basically is every turn you're going to have a good character to put out on the board next marshaling phase. Um, and that's just something I hadn't heard anyone really uh, think about the cards that way, and, and it's possible I'm wrong, um, and maybe there's like a math thing that I'm thinking about stuff really wrong, but but to me, um, that is the sort of weird kind of way that Martel has uh, some card advantage effects um, by things coming back to the hand. Uh, and these attachments fit into that as well because uh, so far they're all not terminal. Okay. Makes sense to me, yeah. Um, anything that keeps a card around is card advantage in some strange and weird and wonderful way. Um, so, to finish up, I mean, we've, just talked, well, we've talked a lot about First Snow, and obviously that's really good in Martel. They've got loads of come-into-play effects. Um, and Ariane allows you to put out some uh, some Claim Soak if you need, or uh, use Aria Hotar to shut down the challenges. You've got Icon Control to shut down the military challenges, so that's brilliant. But um, what what do we need for Martel? What are they lacking? What would you, What do you want them to get? Is it just draw? Is that the main the main issue? Because obviously in first edition they've they've kept a lot of their themes. They've they've still got icon control. They've still got uh, lose to win. Um, There's a little bit of a if you have less characters uh, theme, but not really. Um, and then there was like the um, a little bit of recursion and stuff as well. But they're they're the main themes. Um, and and thanks. Sorry. Sand snakes being really bad in first edition. That, that was a theme, yeah. <laughs> they were awful. Uh, so they brought some of them back. They their card advantage was through revealing cards. So the Greenblood Trader in first edition, you would reveal the two cards, add one to your hand, which doesn't um, doesn't count towards what was a draw cap in the past. You can only draw a certain number of cards, uh, but they never had a fantastic draw engine as such. Just lots of ways of adding cards to hand. Um, so, what what yeah. would you say Martel is really lacking? Is it just the draw, or uh, draw is pretty big? Uh, um, draw is pretty big. Uh, obviously, um, I would like I'd like another way to get around new uh, characters. I think. Uh, um, I'm just not a fan of cannot be cancelled space. <laughs> uh, and it's one of the things I like so much about Gaston. And I know I always feel kind of awkward talking about this to you, Dave, because I don't I don't know it's like the right analogy. But this is like your thing. I feel like I'm appropriating it. <laughs> I, I like I, I'm just not allowed to talk about it because it's impacting you so much. It's, it's fine. Um, it's probably best if you talk about it because otherwise we'll be here all night. Uh, and considering it's still early afternoon for you, that would be a concern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's one of the things that I kind of, I don't know, not not my favorite thing about second edition. Um, and 
and makes varies really hard to work with, I think. Uh, I don't know how you do that, uh, but something that you know will keep making Varys viable um, as a way of controlling the board and extending the game. Um, and you know, a viper that that's not awful. <laughs> Would <laughs> um, I think ninety nine percent of players wouldn't like the Viper to come back. Uh, I'm certainly among those who do. (laughs) The Viper, Viper yeah. The first one, which completely wrecked face for many, many seasons until eventually uh, they decided, oh, maybe he is a bit overpowered. We better put him as a restricted Uh, card because at the moment people are running three in their deck. Yeah, which only made him better because people stopped thinking about him, uh, which allowed a Hyper Viper deck Mm -hmm. to take top eight at Starleck. And then uh, mm-hmm. that lost in the top eight to Reese playing Quentin with the Viper. And he only lost because he had to flip Valor as his seventh plot. And if, um, if he'd been running Betrayal of the Wall, he would have made the final. And in the team event, he beat the eventual winner quite handily. So, yeah, the Viper would have won Reese Starlek if it wasn't for Reese's terrible plot decisions in the deck building stage. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see that Viper come back. <laughs> but I I I really don't understand why they couldn't have just printed the Magali I, I think in the core set and then I think it would have been perfect for everything else in that. Um and just Sony the themes already. I think you're but, definitely right. For those who haven't seen the the other one that people call the Angry Viper or um claim raising Viper or or whatever. Yeah, sexy Viper. Viper. Um, <laughs> the other Viper is a stealth and renown Tricon, um, who after you lose a challenge, he's got he's got an action after well, a reaction after you lose a challenge, you put a gold token on him, or what would probably now be a vengeance token, um, and then as an action in a challenge, you may spend one to stand him, and then spend another one to uh, raise the claim of your current plot card by one during the current challenge. Uh, and he was brilliant. Uh, he was he was very strong, but he because he didn't have the immunities and the sheer power rush potential of the other Viper, um, he didn't see very much play. Uh, and, I mean, I only ran him two... I ran two copies in my world's deck, I think. Um, but, yeah, he was a lot of fun. And initially when they were discussing, you know, reboots and things were disgusted but in the community uh one of my preferred solutions was a soft reboot where they re-released a core set that was made up solely of first edition cards and then say an immediate deluxe box made up of solely first edition cards so that older players wouldn't have to rebuy their entire you know rebuy cards uh but they would and they would also have an easy bouncing point you know, like a springboard to go from. It's like, right, this is our base, and we'll go from there. So just reprint the the interesting but not broken cards. And that Viper is one of the ones that I would have said would have been okay to reprint. Um, and you can scale him up to seven gold, and he's he's very strong, but I don't think he'll be broken. Uh, maybe take the stealth away. No. That would be the only thing. Yeah, you could do that. Oh, shit. Uh, but so one of the things to go along with that is that like Martel yep. is lacking compared to pretty much every other house is um, a character that can participate in multiple challenges mm-hmm. itself. Um, 
basically everyone else has, you know, like an editor, Randall or Jamie, that uh, without too much of a problem can do more than one thing at challenge phase, uh, which is really important when you're putting like six and seven cost characters out uh, because you're getting more use out of that investment. Uh, and Martel does not have that right now. Um, and that, that Viper would have fit in that niche so perfectly. Um, maybe. I, I think that's my number one card I would like to see again. Because it's, it's very good and not broken. Yeah. Um, and the art is brilliant, which uh, we're always a big fan of. <laughs> Up your Megali count in your deck. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, uh, yeah and you also say, um, you know, it would be nice to have a bit of proper renown in in Martel. Yeah. We've now got yeah. the the temporary renown of the Knights of the Sun and we have mm-hmm. the the faux renown on the Viper, which doesn't always trigger, but that's it. So that's yeah. not great. Not great. It's not. It's not. <laughs> especially like especially in a game that doesn't have Valor in it, so your opponent's character is going to have renown, and you have to work extra hard to get rid of them. It means that you're, you know, falling behind a power to every ground for the most part, just by them being able to have a character stick around out there. Mm. Okay, so uh, I think that's probably us. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add before we uh, don't say goodbye and just end, erup- end abruptly? No, I'd like to do a mic drop again. Okay, so right. Johnny, have you got anything to say before Peel drops the mic? Uh, uh, drop the mic. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I'm sorry for being so serious about all this oh. stuff. <laughs> so I'm sure. Huh? I, I just know yeah. nothing of Martel. I'm useless with. If Martel. you're going to be serious um, about anything, it's got to be Martel, right? Like that is the most important okay. second edition topic there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just uh, when it comes to Martel, I'm I know not, I'm Jon Snow on when it all have to do with Martel. I just hated them, um, and watched them tear me apart for many years. And because of that, Dave knows why. Is because that's all Dave played. <laughs> so because all Dave played was Mar- Martel. I have played other things. <laughs> Hatred erupted. No, I won nationals with Barra. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. True. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, well, thank you for joining us, John. Uh, it's been yeah. fun. Uh, I always like chatting, chatting orange with other people. Um, uh huh. Me too. It's hard to find people to talk with about. <laughs> we had a great little session whilst I was away on business a couple of a uh, couple of months ago in preparation for Thrones uh, Thrones War. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, you know. I got on, one sorry. thing. Some guy named Caleb Phillips called me out on Facebook after I posted that article. I wanted to work his name in somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know him, but Caleb Phillips is on my list now. <laughs> wow. Well, I think that was a, as good a mic drop as you're going to get, Peel. So you may be a bit, <laughs> a bit stuffed. <laughs>